Welcome to the Joplin and Andrea podcast, where we discuss all things faith, family, and fun. I'm Andrea here with my husband and awesome co-host, Joplin Emerson. Welcome to today's show. I'm feeling exceptionally awesome today. Good. Just a good day. Yeah. Good day. It's been a good week. We got some rain. We needed we needed the rain. Yeah. I don't know where you're all listening from, but uh, we needed rain where we live. And we just planted some grass in yeah. our own personal yard. That's not why we needed rain, but it certainly didn't help uh, hurt anything. So That's right. Yeah. So shout out to the rain today. And it's podcast day. So yeah, podcast That's days rock. Exciting. Guys, today we're going to be talking about juggling life's crazy schedules and, um, and, and really kind of with an emphasis on some of the burnout, uh, mental health issues that people are facing right now um, with everything that's going on and the sheer number of things that all of us are juggling, uh, our minds are constantly going. So we're going to be talking about that, try to give you some helpful um, advice and some counsel, some tips today on maybe how to, um, you know, how to prioritize all the things that you're juggling. And then I'm going to be answering a question about Jesus from one of our listeners that has asked me to respond to a question. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to that. And then we've got a special guest next week that we're excited to tell you about. So let's get started. We're going to start right off with juggling life's busy schedule. Andrea, the, you know, the time I remember about 10 years ago, personally, when it, it seemed like you know, when you asked how people were doing, the the response began to be almost jokingly busy, 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 busy all the time. Mm-hmm. wasn't quite that way twenty years ago, thirty years ago, but all of a sudden, it's like it wasn't a joke anymore. And the pace of life that we are living here in America has just accelerated to the point of really, it seems like there's no turning the tide. And, um, man, it seems like we don't have time sometimes for the important things in life. It's taking its toll on us. Um, a lot of the things that people juggle are good things. And so, um, you know, I think maybe there'd be some wisdom. This is certainly something that's plagued our lives. Maybe there's some wisdom in us talking first about um, how this has impacted us, being busy, juggling so many different things, wearing so many different hats. And then maybe we can finish with some practical advice for some of our listeners that might have some of the same issues. So what about you? What's it like? I mean, I know because I'm married to you and I get to see your life that you're constantly juggling a whole lot of different things. How do you personally handle the stress of um, just constantly juggling and doing things? And it seems like there's very little downtime. Um. Well, it's actually a great question because, you know, it's something that I think about every single day almost because life just is busy and we are juggling so many things from kids to work to, um, you know, with church and ministry, there's a lot of people that need different things. Um, And so there's always something. And I think the biggest thing for me is just um, making sure that I have something in there that's fun something in there that's light and not being afraid to set aside the things that can be done tomorrow for tomorrow. And so, you know, there's always this weight of, I've got to get all of this done and I've got this amount of time. And so, um, for me, it is helpful for me to be able to kind of prioritize, well, what are the things that I could put off until tomorrow and being okay with the fact that Maybe I thought I was going to accomplish them today, um, but I didn't get to them today. And so coming to a spot where that was okay, 
and being able to um, slip in a few things. You know, one of the things that I really enjoy right now is that our son plays soccer and soccer games last a while. But what's really cool is that I know, even if it is madness to get to this soccer game, that I can sit there and I have nothing to do, like, but watch soccer for the yeah. next two hours. And so for me, that's really nice um, to be able to just go and enjoy those moments when there are absolutely nothing that has to be done. And so, you know, I think it's interesting that um, when we have to, for lack of a better word, have to. Somehow we are able to find a couple hours to sit at a soccer game. Uh-huh. And, but you'll find there's a discipline. Like if we don't have a reason, you know, a game to sit at, sure. if we don't have a reason for it, we have a difficult time sometimes allowing ourselves the time off because there's mm-hmm. always things to do. So I think there's a part of uh, what I hear there that um, we also need just to be disciplined to learn to take some time off. Yeah. I would remind our listeners that, you know, God created the Sabbath. And of all the days that God created, uh, you know, we have the seven great days of creation. Just one of them is called holy. And that was the day where no work was done. That was the day when God rested after completing the work. And we see the concept of rest, something very important through mm-hmm. throughout the scripture. And I know for me that if I will be committed to getting that rest, that time off um, and in allowing my mind to clear so for me i like to walk it's one of the easiest things for me to do um, i can sit sometimes out in the quiet place um, but it's it's easier to keep my mind from racing if i'm walking yeah i'll notice that when i'm committed to that i'm not as stressed out when i have to immediately start juggling everything yeah and it sounds crazy but it, it's true and i can testify it over and over and over again i tend to accomplish more when I will take the time off to prepare my mind and my heart anyways. Yeah, to reset. I mean, I it, I don't know if it's because I'm so stressed out, I'm not thinking very well, I'm not firing on all cylinders, but it seems like I can do more in, you know, eight hours of work where I've taken a couple hours to start the day with the Lord and just spend some quiet time in His Word and prayer than if I just hit the ground running and work for 12 hours straight. Yeah. And so um, I think we got to be disciplined to that. Um, I, I also think that in this you know, this era of time, we, we have to be as disciplined as ever to redeem the time and not let our time be stolen from us constantly working and doing, because there's always something to work and do. Mm-hmm. But I want to say this, that while it is true, I think it's provably true. I think it's undeniably true. We do live in a busier society than has ever been. The problem of being so focused on the day that you can't just enjoy it is nothing new. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that, you know, uh, people worry about the the people of the world. They worry about what they're going to eat, what clothes they're going to wear. You know, and he said, God takes care of the birds of the air. How much more is he going to take care of you? And he ends his statement on this with ultimately saying, you don't need to worry about it today. Today has enough worry in and of itself. So don't worry about tomorrow. None of you can add a single minute to your life by worrying. Uh, You can't change the outcome by worrying. And so there's a part of us, we just got to be disciplined. You know, you said that you, um, 
you've learned to be okay with. If it don't get done today, it don't get done today. And I think that's a great attitude um, that we have to have. What what tips do you have for our listeners? You got a mom out there that's just, she's stressed out. She feels like she's not doing enough, yet she knows she's doing more than she should. Mm-hmm. And yet, even though she's doing more than she should, it still feels like it's not enough. No time for rest. What do you, what would you say to that mom? Yeah, I think kind of the same principle that, you, you know, I have a backup of laundry downstairs, but at least I was able to go enjoy my soccer game of my son. Um, being able to outweigh the good with the bad, you know, and um, maybe do what you can when you can. And so I know for me, like, it is hard to juggle it all and juggle, you know, the home, the work, the kids, the everything. Um, and so just, I mean, we need to be doing what we can to stay on top of things, but um, resting in the fact that if we, at the end of the day, have did as much as we can, then there's only so much of us to give. And so finding a peace within ourselves that it's okay. You know, if, if that little laundry did not set in the dryer and it didn't get folded, that it's okay, you know? it's not the end of the world and we can start tomorrow with that load and put it first. And, and so really just, I think sometimes we are our own worst enemy and that if we can't, um, mentally grab a hold of the fact that, you know, sometimes we just can't accomplish everything or today was just a busier day. This is a busier week or season for us. Um, then it is, we'll kind of beat ourselves up for a while. And so, being able to just kind of refocus and look at the goods that we were able to do that day and look at, you know, the goods that maybe we were able to accomplish or be a part of, even though we didn't hit all those goals. Yeah. I think that, um, I want to pick up on that and just say that if we don't have, if we have unrealistic expectations of what we're going to accomplish and, and we're, we never allow ourselves to stop working because we can't ever accomplish everything that needs done there is kind of this feeling of failing all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that a big part of the emotional uh, fallout that and just burnout that we're seeing adults have right now with life, they're just done. They just want to escape. Well, listen, there's a reason you want to escape. And what I'm trying to tell you is there does come a time you need to. But if you learn to escape once a week, you know, take a day off, honor the Sabbath. If you learn to escape for 30 minutes a day, Instead of pushing yourself for months on end, yeah, you know, you won't feel like you need to just run and escape everything. You know, your family, your marriage, your job. There's people that are having those feelings like it's just too overwhelming. I can't handle it all. And I think we have to have realistic expectations and be okay with not being able to do everything. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I heard there that I really want to encourage people to do is learn to focus and on what you are accomplishing. Because when there is so much to be done and all you're trying to do is do things and you've got a list of things to get to, you're juggling 10 different things and you only accomplish seven of what you, you know, the 10 items you wanted to get done. Your instinct of human nature is to focus on those two or three things you didn't get done today. And you go to bed upset, Mm -hmm. you go to bed and then you feel like you wake up tomorrow behind the gun because you got to get those things done. And there's just kind of this constant feeling of failing. You have to make the decision to stop that and and, and realize God gave you 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. He did not give you 40 hours in a day. There is a God, there is a design for time, the way that we live our lives that you just have to trust God with through it and quit trying to do more in a day than what a day allows you to do. 
and and just be okay with that and focus on what you are doing and what you are accomplishing and what you'll find is that you're accomplishing a lot you're doing a lot you're making a difference in you know your family and with your kids and in your marriage and at your work and you might might you might not be doing everything you want to do but when you'll stop focusing on what you can't get done Mm -hmm. uh, what you know you weren't able to accomplish juggling everything and you'll start looking at what you did do it changes your perspective it helps you learn to enjoy life a little bit more and so um, and it helps us as far as even parenting or with employees or you know co-workers or whatever it is because if our mind can be positive and our mind can find the good in the different things it helps our demeanor towards people you yeah, know it sure does um, we're more encouraging with people we're more light we're more fun to be around we're more you know hey um whatever that person is how do i get a hold of it and then we're able to be more of a light in those around us so so if you're out there juggling things and you're stressed out the word for you today is quit be stressing out about it be okay with what you can't accomplish accomplish be thankful for what you can learn to find rest and uh, don't set unrealistic expectations for yourself you've only got 24 hours in the day you're only one human being and learn to celebrate and enjoy the things you are doing instead of letting the things you're not ruin your day yeah <laughs> all right hey we're going to move to our bible question for yeah, today yeah. got a question about jesus and andrea i'm going to let you read the question yeah so we had a question come in from a listener and the question is i am having troubles understanding the parable in luke 5 33 through 39 matthew 9 17 9 14 through 17 and mark 2 18 through 22 it is when the people came to Jesus and were asking why his disciples didn't fast like the Pharisees and John the Baptist's disciples did. Jesus then tells them that they will fast when he is not with them, and then says a parable about putting a new garment piece into an old one and putting new wine skin, putting new wine and putting new wine into old wine skins. I just don't understand what this means. Okay, good question. Yeah. And uh to be fair, a lot of the people there didn't know what Jesus meant either when he said it. So you are not alone. Uh, thank you for the scripture references. And because this is kind of a lengthy answer, I'm not going to go back and read them. But yeah, so Jesus's disciples were with Jesus. They were not fasting. Uh, fasting is the, the, the concept of going a day or days without food. And this was a common practice of most religious um you know people that were really committed to the religious faith and you know the pharisees the scribes the sadducees john the baptist and his disciples they, they all practiced fasting some of the people that were following jesus's group recognized his disciples weren't and they said hey pretty much everyone else's disciples fasts why don't yours and Jesus has an interesting answer. It's a two-part answer. Number one, he says that, you know, while the, the groom is with all of the groomsmen uh, before the wedding, they're not fasting. It's more of a time of celebration. But once the groom is gone, my disciples will fast. And so what Jesus was saying there is that there is coming a time when he's going to leave and uh, a period of time where he'll be gone and during that period of time his disciples will fast and that's the time that we are in now so you need to know jesus's disciples those who are truly followers of jesus should be uh, practicing fasting as a way of their life 
That said, um, his point was that there's right now he's here. The Messiah has come and he's teaching his disciples as a time of joy and their time of fasting is it's coming. But then he follows up with this concept where he says, you know, nobody puts, you know, old wine in new wineskins or it would cause them to burst. So um, there was a process, there is a process of fermenting juice to wine. Mm -hmm. And if you take wine that is fully fermented and put it in a new wine skin, it will cause the wine skin to burst. Jesus uses that analogy to explain why everybody's rejecting his new teachings, why his ways differ. So here's what he's saying in real common terms. He says, my way is new. I didn't come to, you know, reinforce all the old traditions of the Pharisees. In a lot of ways, I've come to overturn them and correct them. But not just overturn and correct. Jesus is saying, I am bringing something entirely new. I am bringing an era of grace. I mean, there's so much new. I could literally spend the next hour just quoting things that are new. But it's a new era that's coming where the Holy Spirit is going to live in Jesus' disciples. It's not just going to come upon certain men at certain times of history. The Holy Spirit is coming, and Jesus is going to baptize his entire church with the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, he's going to die. He's going to resurrect from the, the, the dead, and he's going to ascend to the uh, right hand of the throne of God and pour out the Holy Spirit on the church. And it's going to be an era of grace, and the Gentiles are going to be um, evangelized and Everything is new. This is, and here's what he's saying. The reason that all these people are rejecting my way, you know, my disciples aren't fasting, uh, the things that, you know, I'm doing, I sit with sinners, I sit with tax collectors, and they constantly criticize. The reason they criticize is just because they're like old wineskins. They cannot handle what I have brought. Mm -hmm. And if they tried it would cause the old that they're holding on to to burst. But they don't want to let the they don't want to let it burst. And so uh, it, it doesn't mix. He he uses the in that same analogy, I'm not sure, I don't think she yes, yeah, she did. She mentioned the new garment. He uses the same analogy. If you take an old piece of cloth and sew it to a new piece of cloth, eventually they pull apart. And his the, the whole concept is you can't mix the old with the new. It's not like half of the old traditions of these these people and his teachings. It's like all his or none. And if you mix them, you end up tearing things up. You end up causing things to burst. And so that's what he's teaching there. That I'm bringing something entirely new. It is so new that these people that are so entrenched in their old traditions and their way of seeing things, they can't handle it. And if they tried, it wouldn't work. And so he's like, you're not going to understand why my disciples don't fast. I'll tell you, but you're not going to get it. And even if you tried, it's still, it'd tear things apart. The reason that you all reject me is because I've brought something so new that just doesn't fit mm -hmm. your old tradition, man-made tradition way of thinking and how you treat people and how you even view the scriptures. You're so far off. Jesus said, you guys err not knowing the power of God, 
nor the scriptures. I mean, these are people that studied their, you know, spent their life studying the word, but they missed it the whole time. And this is what Jesus is referencing. It's like, you, you just don't get it. You're, and, and you can't get it because you don't want anything new. Mm-hmm. You're not willing to believe that God has anything new to say and to teach. And so they rejected Jesus's ministry outright. So great question. Yeah. And uh, hopefully that helps answer that for you and settles that one for you. Folks, we love taking your questions. Yeah. Um, I love the opportunity to answer Bible questions. I'm passionate about the Word of God, passionate about studying the Word of God. And so we would love to hear from you. If you got other questions that you want us to address, please uh, send us a message at joplinandandrea.com. Contact us. Let us know uh, what you'd like us to uh, answer on the air, and we will as soon as we can. Yeah. Okay, next week, who do we got? Special guest next week. All right, next week we got special guest Wesley Campbell, and we are pretty pumped about that. Um, we love him and his family, and they're going to be in Kansas next week spending some time with us. Wesley's a pastor and evangelist. He pastors a church out in South Carolina. Uh, we're having a special service at our church next week, ordaining uh, two men of God uh, at our Wednesday night service, and he's coming in to help with that. But Wesley and I were talking and something that's really been like on his heart lately is mental health in the church. Mm -hmm. He said this statement to me um, that he had heard from somewhere else, but it's just a simple statement that bugged him and it bugs me. And there's a lot of truth to it. And here's what he said. This is the general message of the church. God is good. You are bad. Get better. Oh, that doesn't work. Uh, and actually, that's a terrible message to somebody that's struggling because they need direction and help. And but the reality is, in a lot of ways, that's you know, that's a talk about oversimplifying something. If you've ever been at a church where you actually heard those exact words, you probably need to get out. But the truth is, we hear that in one way or another. And I, I think that maybe even I, as a minister, at times have been guilty of communicating a similar message unintentionally but i'm excited to have that conversation yeah what should the message of the church be because mental health is a real issue and we believe jesus christ really does hold the answer amen so what is the answer you know you can't just tell somebody that's struggling with mental health hey jesus is the answer what does that mean how do they connect with jesus how does jesus answer that need And so I'm really excited to have that conversation next week with Pastor Wesley Campbell. You guys tune in Friday of next week, and uh, we'll see where that conversation goes. That's right. Yeah, we're excited. We hope you all have a wonderful Friday. God bless you all. Have a great weekend. Happy weekend.